to last, our second to last installment in the Taming the Tongue series. And uh, I'll be out of town next week uh, doing a friend's wedding. And uh, Judson will cover Sunday school and then Robert will be preaching uh, for the day. And so I encourage you to be here and be listening well. Um, but this, this morning we're going to cover a topic that I think is, is so needful for all of us. And that is the topic of gossip. When you're in Bible college, like I was in a, a few moons ago, you, in your junior year, you have a preaching class, if you're a pastoral major, called homiletics. The first semester of the class, you learn about preaching. The second semester of the class, you actually do preaching. So all of us would preach twice throughout that second semester. And then the, the most nerve-wracking part of it, uh, re- it really prepares you for church life, is that after you, literally, moments after you sit down for preaching, you have all of your peers raise their hand and tell you everything you did wrong with your sermon. So that's always fun, right? I mean, that, no, no ego survived that. And I'll never forget when my friend Will, he actually came from the same church I did in Arizona, he preached in that second semester, and his text was Proverbs 25, 23. It's a great verse that deals with our topic today. Here's what Proverbs 25, 23 says. As the north wind driveth away rain, so does an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. Will brilliantly opened up his sermon with an illustration. He was talking about, I can't remember all the details of it, but he was talking about a coworker that he worked with at Cracker Barrel. And he kind of poked fun at this girl he worked with. He made fun of her a little bit. I can't remember all that he said. And then he really, it's a very simple verse that in the same way that the north wind pushes rain out of the area, so are we as Christians to respond to gossip, to backbiting, not with passive listening, but with an active prevention of it. Now, as you and I all understand, most of us don't respond to gossip that way, do we? We generally listen, we feel awkward, we, you know, kind of awkwardly try to move the conversation on. And so all of us in that room sat convicted as my friend brilliantly expounded on the text and made us laugh and then made us feel like terrible Christians because we had all failed in this one area. And so as you can imagine, normally if someone presents the text in a really clear, simple way, drives home convicting application, has a good introduction that leads into the sermon, all of your peers are going to give you praise. And so really, at that time, when all of us lifted our hands, most of what we said was, your sermon was good here because of this. And all around the room it went, wow, that convicted me. Hey, your your introduction led really well into the sermon. And I'll never forget what our instructor, Rick Williams, said. He raised his hand. He waited for everyone to speak. And he said, Will, I really wanted to love your sermon, but actually, I hated it. Now, all of us are like, sheesh, Rick, calm down, wow. I'll never forget what he said, because all of us had praised this this guy's sermon on gossip, and none of us had detected that in the introduction to Will's sermon on gossip, he had quite literally gossiped about his coworker. In in a class of 30 Bible college students who are zealous for God, not a single one of us caught it. And I'll never forget that day because it reminded me that gossip is such a heinous sin, but it goes so undetected, doesn't it? 
I want you to think for a moment this week how many conversations maybe you've been in that included gossip that maybe you never caught. How many gossipy conversations you, like me, have stood idly by allowing a brother or sister in Christ to get away with sinning right in front of your face? I think it's alarming if you and I think about how much we indulge in this sin. And what I think all of us need to do is this morning just carefully pick through the Bible's teaching on this sin of gossip. Because what we need to do when it comes to the sin of gossip is we need to unmask it. Like, like I was in that class, I needed somebody to help call to my attention that I was sitting idly by and letting another brother in Christ gossip about some girl who was not in the room to even defend herself. I think we all need that. And then we need to see what the Bible says, how we should respond to gossip. So really the first question we need to ask this morning, if we're going to detect gossip properly, we need to ask the question, what is gossip? Right? That's a good question. What is gossip? And the first rule of war really in any war is to know your enemy, right? As a general, your job is to know your enemy's tactics better than the enemy does itself. And so a lot of times where we struggle with the sin of gossip is we struggle to distinguish the difference between small talk and gossip. Between talking about someone else in a way that's not sinful and talking about someone else in a way that is. Are you with me? Some of y'all look like maybe you don't ever do this sin. But I, I think we all need to humbly accept what's going on this morning, because I'll tell you, I, I'm convicted myself. I think a lot of times we give ourselves little passes. We say things like this. Well, I was just chatting about a family member. Well, I really needed to vent. I had to get that off my chest. So for just like five minutes, I want us to dissect this definition. Here's what gossip is. Gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. So three, see those three parts. Sinful gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. Okay, so let's break that down. Sinful gossip is bearing bad news, right? Bearing bad news. Now, there's a lot of ways we bear bad news, isn't there? There's more communication now than there was two centuries ago. We've got different mediums. We talk, we stand in a circle, we email, we text, we have social media, we have news outlets, we have new apps every day. I can't even keep up with them, and I'm supposed to be the generation that does, right? And one of the most common terms that kind of helps us understand this bearing of bad news is the term that is translated in the book of Proverbs most commonly to associate with gossip, and it's the word talebearer. You remember those verses? Talebearer is what is often translated. Look at Proverbs 20, 19 on the screen. He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets, okay? So this is someone who's bearing something that's not needing to be told. It may be true, it may be false, but he's bearing secrets. Proverbs 10, 19 tells us that the more we talk, the more likely we say something we shouldn't, we shouldn't say. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not, or there does not lack sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. So what are some types of bad news we end up sharing in sinful gossip? Well, the first one is bad information, untrue information. We talked a little bit about that last week when we talked about slander as a subtype of lie. That's bad news. I think what is most common 
is not things that are untrue, but things that are bad news about somebody. Something that tears someone else down. Whether that's our intention or not, we share things that are not flattering, not good, not proper to share about someone else, right? So these are sins that that person committed that don't involve the person you're talking to, right? These are consequences of sin and folly in their life that really this other person doesn't need to know about, but you're telling them about it. And I think we would all agree that what's sad is that it's this form of gossip that's the juiciest. It's what we're attracted to. Frankly, we kind of like hearing it. So just because it's true doesn't mean it needs to be shared. It could be bad news about somebody that hurts their reputation. Here's the next part, behind someone's back. One of the other primary terms that Proverbs uses about a gossip, you'll see this if you're reading maybe a proverb a day, is the term whisperer. You ever heard that? Proverbs calls a gossip a whisperer. And I think this is a great filter to help you through gossip, okay? Listen really carefully. This might be the most practical, helpful thing for all of you who struggle with this sin like I do. If you need to whisper, there's a chance you might be gossiping. If you're concerned that that text goes to the wrong person, not always, but often, you're probably gossiping. Or that email, right? If you're hoping they don't walk over while you're talking, then there's a chance, there's a chance you might be gossiping. That's what Proverbs admits when it talks about a whisperer. There's, gossip is tempting because here's the reality. It's a lot easier to say something negative about someone when they're not around, right? It's always funny that, you know, when you hear something uh, that people are very willing to talk one way about someone when they're not around, but when they're around, it's like they're best friends, you know? And so we need to ask ourselves these questions. Would I say this if he or she were here? Would I receive, this is talking to the listener, ask yourself this, would I listen to this the same way if that person was present? Am I hiding this conversation out of guilt? Or another one, would I want someone else to talk this way about me? So gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back. What was the last part? Out of a bad heart, out of a bad heart, okay? The, one of the more important questions for us to ask when it comes to gossip is the why. Why am I saying this? Why am I listening to this? Why am I attracted to bad news? Am I sharing this to put that person down? Am I sharing this to make myself feel better? Would Christ talk this way? Or maybe Proverbs also asks us to say this, why am I listening to this? See, a lot of times when it comes to gossip, we put a lot of the impetus and a lot of the guilt on the person speaking it. The Bible doesn't. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 17.4. A wicked doer, now, hold on. What's a wicked doer? This is deep, deep scholarly level thinking here. Someone give me your definition of a wicked doer. It's not as complex as you're making it sound. A person who does wicked things. Hey, let's go. Bible scholars, I like it. So a wicked doer speaks gossip. No, a wicked doer gives heed to false lips. And a liar, this is interesting to me, 
a liar listens to a naughty tongue. Now that's interesting, right? So what is Proverbs saying? Proverbs is saying that the guilt is not just on the speaker, the guilt is on the listener as well. And so we have to ask this why question, this bad heart question, if we ourselves are party to gossip, to sinful gossip, because we need to ask ourselves, why am I listening to this? Why am I giving them the impression that this is okay when there's lots of other things that I wouldn't let someone sin right in front of me and do, right? I would probably, out of love for them, stop them. So to help us understand this, I want to give you five types of gossips, okay? Here's the first one. Number one is the spy, the spy. Proverbs 11:13 talks about the spy when we see this word talebearer. A talebearer reveals secrets. That's what spies do, right? Uh, the way we would maybe like translate this, I think the richest way we could translate this in 2024 would be the word informant. You know what an informant is, right? It's someone who's behind enemy lines, who's hearing something, and they're supposed to disclose that back to headquarters, right? That's what the word talebearer means. It's an informant. So the spy, here's what they do. They get insider info, and then they share it with outsiders, All of us know someone like this in our life. I'm pretty sure of that. We all know the spy, someone who likes giving us the dirty details, the things that are behind the scenes. They're always letting you know what's going on behind the scenes in their life or someone else's life or that person's life. They're telling you about all the divorces that person had. They're telling you about all the bad things that that person did. They're quick to share all of the gory details. Can we all picture that person? The spy, the spy. What we have to remember, if you're a spy this morning, is that really behind being a talebearer is the illusion of power. It's the illusion of power. It's this desire for us to know something others don't. That's what a spy does. And often it's not so that they can share it. They just like knowing it. They like prying into the details. They like asking questions. And what we need to recognize is that the Bible never calls us to use power. Information can be powerful. It never uses us calls us to use our power to hurt people or to tear them down. What what did Jesus do with his power? He served, he lifted people up. So if you're a spy this morning, I wanna remind you that that kind of power will always leave you empty. Here's the second type of gossip, maybe the most common, the grumbler, the grumbler. So this person's not just sharing passive detail about someone else, Psalm 106 talks about the grumbler very uh, vividly. It describes the children of Israel this way. You read about in in the Torah, a lot of times that they grumbled against God. It says in Psalm 106 that they murmured in their tents. Now, who is Israel grumbling about most of the time? Judson, you know, you've been teaching through the wilderness. Who is Israel often grumbling about? (laughs) Right, okay. So let's name, who are some people they're grumbling about or... God, right? So leadership and God, right? And and what I think Psalm 106 is talking about that's interesting, it doesn't just say that the children of Israel grumbled or murmured. It says that they murmured where? In their tents. Now, again, Bible scholar level thinking here. I'm going to guess Moses wasn't in their tent. God wasn't even in their tent. Now we know God's omnipresent, but God had a tent of meeting. So what Psalm 106 is pointing out is that here are these people and they had an issue with somebody, but they're talking to everyone else about it but the person involved, right? 
So what, the grumbler is a type of gossip that, that complains and criticizes because they don't like something. What's the old saying? Misery loves company, right? And so behind this form of gossip is someone talking about these problems behind the backs of those involved. We call this, to make it sound better, we never call it gossip. What do we call it? Venting. I'm just venting. No, 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 you're sinning, actually. You might be sinning. And so what we need to recognize is that, that sometimes it's so easy, and I'll give you some filters here in a minute, but it's so easy to have problems at work and then to just trash our boss with our church people. We have problems at church and we trash our church with our coworkers or, or family. We've got family issues and we just are tearing them down in front of other people. It can be so easy to do that. We've got to be so careful to not be a grumbler. I think that the next one's a little bit more vicious of a form of gossip. It's the next phase of grumbling. I, I would call it the backstabber. This is a person that their gossip is more with a bend of retaliation or revenge. They're very mad, and so they go around and say stuff about the person they're mad at to make them look bad on purpose. Sometimes we don't have that type of edge to us. We're more the grumbler, but sometimes there can be that edge where we want to smear someone. A good example of this is Absalom. Absalom. If you don't remember what happened to Absalom, he was mad at his father David. He thought David as a ruler, had made some pretty big mistakes in his rule as king. And so the Bible tells us that Absalom in 2 Samuel 15, he sat at the gates of Jerusalem and would complain about his dad's leadership to those who entered. Now, Absalom had an agenda. His agenda was not just to bring David down, but it was to bring himself up and to rise to David's ranks. Now, here's the fourth form of gossip. The busybody. The busybody, very similar to the spy. The Bible uses, in the New Testament at least, the term busybody twice. Can you guess which gender is most often called a busybody? Any guesses? Let's do a vote. How many of y'all think that women are most often called the busybodies in the Bible? Some of you are like, I'm afraid to raise my hand. How many of y'all think it's the men who are most often called the busybodies? Well, I tricked you. It's both. Some of us men are like, ha, I'm not a busybody. That's my wife. That's my mother-in-law. Not you. I know, not you. Right? <laughs> you know, that's someone else, right? It's that woman I know. But what's actually interesting in 2 Thessalonians 3.11, Paul is calling the unemployed men in the church busybodies. And then in 2 Timothy, or sorry, 1 Timothy 5, Paul is, is talking to the church about widows who maybe are so poor they need help from the church financially. And he actually says that widows who are busybodies should not be supported financially by the church. So there's actually equal use of it. But what is a busybody? A busybody is someone who generally is idle in their life. And so the way that they keep themselves occupied is by dabbling in other people's business. And they're like a honeybee. They spread pollen from here to there and here to there. And they're spreading all of everybody's business all around. How do we know if we're a busybody? Ask yourself this question. Do you find entertainment in learning about all the other things people are doing? Do many of your conversations lead to talking or laughing at the expense of other people? You might be a busybody. The fifth form of a gossip is the one I think all of us must be wary of. And that's the listener. The listener. Most of us, I, I know several of you, you, 
frankly, you're hardly a talker, so you can't really be a gossip. So you're like, I'm good. Pastor Mike, taming the tongue, I don't even use my tongue half the time. I'm just sitting there silently. I'm good. Well, you don't get a pass. And the Bible calls us to a certain type of response, and the one response we shouldn't have to gossip is listening. Look at Proverbs 17, 4. We've read it before. It says, A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips. Now, I'll admit that there are many other types of gossip. The, the other four are more aggressive violations of this command. They're more aggressive violations. But what we need to recognize is that gossip grows. Listen to this. You might write this down. Gossip only grows when there are passive listeners. Gossip only grows when there are passive listeners. I think a lot of us listen to gossip for two reasons, if we're honest, and I'm thinking about myself. Our wicked hearts enjoy it, right? We like it. I don't know why, other than we're just sick, twisted people who need redemption. I really don't know why. And number two, I think a lot of us, we just aren't courageous courageous enough to advocate for righteousness. It's too awkward to do anything other than listen. And so what I want to help us with this morning is, what does the Bible call us to do in response to gossip? Because if we know, I shouldn't just sit there and listen like I'm, like I'm, I'm enjoying this thing. The Bible tells us that there are some responses to uh, respond to gossip. And, he, and we need to respond to them properly because the reality is, is that gossip is so destructive and it's like a fire that spreads. It will never stop unless there is no more kindling for that fire. And the kindling for the fire of gossip is passive listeners. Now, the Bible's not silent about how we respond to this. In fact, the Proverbs are filled with admonitions of how we respond to a talebearer, to a whisperer, to a liar. There's many, many ways that we respond, and I want to work through it. And I want us to think about this. Why is gossip so common? Before we get to the solutions, why is it so common? Because it is part of Satan's plan to destroy good relationships. Who is Satan? Satan is the father of lies. He is the accuser of the brethren. And it's Satan's plan to destroy your home. It's Satan's plan to destroy your relationships and your friendships and every church. And that's why, because the roaring lion is walking about seeking whom he may devour, not by his own power, but by motivating other people to gossip and tear others down. We've got to be vigilant and think about these solutions. Here's the first one. The Bible calls us, first of all, to avoid. To avoid. I want you to see one of the verses. I gave you two if you want to look it up in your own devotional time. I'll quote it to you here in a minute. What does Proverbs 20:19 say? It says, He that goeth about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. Here's what this dynamic is exposing. It's exposing that often the people who compliment you in front of you are the ones who tear you down behind your back. Now, that doesn't mean we should just distrust people because they compliment us. But the second half of the verse informs the first. We do not meddle with. 
Literally, that would mean don't have any association with a talebearer. We avoid them, right? Because if a talebearer has no lit audience, I mean, they can't really, their, their gossip doesn't really go far, right? So the Bible says do not meddle with them, avoid them. So what does this look like in our lives to meddle not with the talebearer? Some of us, we might need to avoid conversations. You're like, you're telling me not to talk to them? I'm not telling you not to talk to them. The Bible's telling you not to talk to them. Quite literally, Shelby and I have had different relationships in our life that we've had to very much distance ourselves because this person could not refrain from gossip. And it just is destructive and it's bad for your own spirit. That could be what the Lord calls you to do. You might say, well, I can't just leave that person. Well, I'll give you some other thoughts. For some of us, our gossip is not just uh, in person. It's taken in digitally through television or social media. And so if we find ourselves uh, responding to or listening to a bunch of gossip, sometimes we might need to unfriend that person, unfollow that person, get out of social media, quit cable news. I don't know. There's a lot of things that we can do to meddle not with those who are a talebearer. Proverbs 26, 20 says this in another way. It says, where, there, where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. Now, some of you say, well, I can't avoid that person. I'm married to them, okay, <laughs> right? Now, that's a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you know, we could uh, help them avoid gossiping by helping them avoid the topics that bring up gossip. Now, a lot of us, we try with good intentions to be really gentle in this. We just like gently redirect. You ever try to redirect the conversation someone didn't get the hint? You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh yeah, how's the weather? You know, and you try that and they're like, no, let me really tell you about how terrible, you know, my boss is right now. What I want to help us all with is sometimes we try to be so subtle but what we forget is that one of the most loving things you can do for a friend in any relationship, in any circumstances, is to give clarity. So a lot of us, we don't want to bring up, it's awkward, but the most loving thing you do is someone's a gossip and you, you really don't think it's healthy how much they gossip, how much they're being a busybody. The most loving thing to do is say this, you know what, I'm not sure if it's good for us to take the conversation in this direction. Now, I don't know about you, I've known a few gossips in my life. Very few of them will keep gossiping after you say that because it's like, oh, that's awkward. But that's a loving way to help somebody. Here's the next one. Cover in love. Cover in love. The Bible talks about covering a multitude of sins. Look at verse, uh, Proverbs 17, 9 says this. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. And this is talking about gossip. But he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. Proverbs 10, 12 tells us to cover again. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Now, what does it mean to cover sin? That's a good question. Literally, the word means to draw a veil over an evil intent so that those who do not need to see it never do. I'm gonna say that again. Covering sins means to draw a veil over something so that those who do not need to see it never do. Now in our culture, it's been, it's been a healthy thing sometimes 
to expose people who cover up sin, right? Corruption, we call it. People who cover up sin. We've got to understand there's a difference between covering sin and covering up sin, okay? Covering sin is, uh, sorry, covering up sin means that this person never pays the consequences for their actions. The Bible says this actually that's not loving. To let someone not face the consequences for their actions is not loving. But covering sin is just making sure that we are letting the proper channels and the proper people deal with that sin and not exposing it to more people than necessary. Now we gotta understand this. What does it look like practically for you to cover sin? To cover sin? Well, as a listener, here's a practical way you can cover sin. We do not pry into details when it does not concern us. That's a way to cover sin. Okay? We defend someone when we hear a lie. The Bible calls us to love that person enough to defend them if they're not there. That's so harsh for them not to even defend themselves. One that I think I've often had to see in action or, or do is that when someone is gossiping about someone else, maybe they're, they're not saying something false, but they're interpreting something very unkindly, not a charitable interpretation, not the best faith interpretation. So sometimes what covering sin is, is that we offer a charitable perspective. Charitable perspective. I actually dealt with this this week. Had someone who said something, and uh, it was actually my wife who had to say, you know, it can be really easy to read that that way, but maybe you should think about the fact that they do actually care about you. I, in fact, I know they care about you because they've done this, this, and this for you. That's covering sin, okay? You say, well, yeah, this person's, uh, you know, you may say this person's been rude, but have you ever thought that maybe they're dealing with blank and they're just going through a hard day? Here's the last thing. We respond by going. Respond by going. Sometimes, if, if all else fails, the best thing to do is to go directly to the person being talked about. If gossip you have heard about someone maybe is living in your brain and, and affecting you, then you need to find the person being addressed and ask them to verify or validate. But here's the point. If you hear a story about someone that is gossip, sinful gossip, don't just receive it. You either go directly to that person, or I think here's what's often I've seen others do. When someone's grumbling, uh, and, and maybe they have a mutual relationship, you can ask the complainer if they have actually addressed that with that person. I dealt with this the other week, actually. I had someone um, that I know in a different town who's complaining to me, and, and you're frustrated with another person I know, and I, I said, have you talked to them about that? Well, no. Well, maybe you should talk to them about it. <laughs> you know, that might be a good first step before you start talking to me about it. And a lot of times, uh, people won't take us up on that, but sometimes they will. I've also seen people do this. They'll ask, have you talked with that person about this? Hey, you know what? I'd be willing to go with you to help and to witness, but I'm not comfortable listening to you talking about them until you address it with them. How many of us would admit that's kind of hard? It's kind of hard. So you might, you might be tempted to say, well, that that's, makes me come across self-righteous. No, 
No, the Bible calls us, how do we respond? We, we meddle not, we cover in love. And we try to, instead of exposing that stuff, man, we try to cover it, cover it, cover it, cover it. And then as Proverbs 25, 23, though my good friend Will didn't do the best job living this out, you might write this reference down, and I would encourage you to meditate on this verse this week. As the north wind drives away rain, so does an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. Proverbs 25, 23. You know what that verse is saying? If you want to drive away gossip, it tells us to have a certain demeanor. Let me repeat the verse to you. Maybe you can catch it. As the north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. What kind of demeanor does Proverbs call us to have in response to gossip? Someone? Anger. Now, I'll admit myself, I have gossiped, I've been around gossip, and I've never in my life seen someone live out Proverbs 25, 23. And that is a shame. It's a shame. Speaking for myself. It's in the Bible. So when you and I say, well, that's a little bit too hard. Well, I'm not saying you need to be unkind or mean. That's not what Proverbs is saying. But it's saying that there is a form of righteous anger. And that, that our response to gossip, we could try and be gentle and kind. And, and maybe that'll, that'll be all we need. But the Bible says that there might be a time where we say, this is wrong. Uh, my wife said she, she heard a story about someone who did that, and it's like, that'll shut her down, you know? And, and I think that that would, that would exemplify what Jesus would do in response to such a heinous and spreading sin. But here's the reality. When it comes to gossip, our first key is identifying it. Like I talked about in my introduction, our, our, I think where I, I go astray is I, I don't always identify it. I don't sense it when I'm participating uh, and I don't sense it when someone else is gossiping around me. And so what I want you to do is just think and, and put yourself back in your shoes in the last week or two and say, what are the conversations I've been in that really, that was gossip. It'd be good for you to identify that. And then there are two steps after you identify Number one, you need to quench the fire. Don't let it spread. How do we quench the fire? Well, we're not a party, a listener to that. We avoid, we redirect, or we go, right? That stops fire, right? A lot of times when there's wildfires, we had a lot of those on the West Coast, they would intentionally burn up huge acres of forest, so that they could stop the fire from spreading because once it would hit that dry line, they wouldn't have any kindling left. And the same is true for gossip. We've got we've to burn a patch and say, you know what, you may have had kindling in that conversation, but there's a, there's a dry line here. I'm not letting you pass. We're not, we're not talking about that. So you stop the spread. But then I think for some of us too, we need to ask the deeper questions, address the deeper issues. And we need to ask ourselves, why is it that I do talk about people 
that way so often? What is it I'm going after? What is it I'm trying to get from that that I should be getting from Christ? Why is it I'm too scared to confront and address the deeper issues? Why is it I like listening to that? Because it's not just, hey, don't gossip. It's, boy, if you're gossiping, there's some, there's some heart-level stuff that we've got we've to fix. You get power out of tearing other people down or there's a pride issue there sometimes and we've got to address the deeper issues so that we don't fall into the sin of gossip again. Why am I not delighting in Christ in that area? Let's pray and ask the Lord to give us wisdom this week so that when gossip happens, we would have the Spirit's discernment and to know how to respond properly and to prevent the spread of it and that, that the Lord would do a deeper work in us that would eradicate the need to gossip, even in our own lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It convicts, it stings. Lord, Satan wants to destroy so many relationships, and he does it so well with gossip. Lord, we have been called as Christians to cover up or cover sin in love, but gossip does the opposite. It exposes offenses. It brings them before an audience that they don't need to be in front of. And so, Lord, this morning I pray you'd help us to identify it. I pray the Holy Spirit would uh, not be quenched and would rise up in our hearts a, a conviction. I pray, Lord, that there would be more of us who would be courageous enough to redirect, to avoid, to go to the person being spoken about, and to stop the spread of gossip. And then, Lord, I pray you'd help us to see the deeper issues where we are not abiding in and delighting in Christ. Help us, God, to love him and to find our joy in him rather than in tearing others down and lifting ourselves up. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.